Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Welcome to Horse Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. And today we are going to do a Christmas horror movie episode. A very special episode for Christmas. Because it is the season for slasher flicks Hell and yeah. <laughs> killer Santas and uh, killer elves and stuff like that. And also, yes. I was just going to say, no offense to anybody out there who likes Christmas, Sharon and I, it's all right, but it's not our favorite holiday, clearly. No. And I tend to get depressed around Christmas. In fact, right now, as we're recording this, that is the case. Um, So we thought it would be funny to, and fun, to watch horror Christmas movies as opposed to It's a Wonderful Life a thousand times. Ugh, I hate that movie. But yeah, so. But no offense to anybody who does or likes it. It's, It's great. Yeah, like it's fine. We don't. We won't judge you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we get through this season by watching uh, horror movies, just like we do most of the other rest of the year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess this intro is sort of unnecessary because, like, we watch. But whatever. That's why because we're talking about the name movies. of our podcast is called Horse Talk Horror. <laughs> whatever. Let's talk about. Let's talk about sleigh bells ringing. Ha ha ha. Well, Huh. <laughs> we will get to sleigh bells. <laughs> oh, there is a sleigh. Oh, oh I yes. forgot about that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Foreshadowing everybody. That's that. That's a movie. Um, <laughs> Sharon's so, like, trust me. I don't Better know. I don't, I don't know if you want to watch that movie, but it's a movie. <laughs> Let's just start with our list. Um, so first on my list is a movie called The Children from 2008. It's about a married couple and their teenage daughter and their two young kids who go to spend Christmas with the woman's sister, Chloe, and her husband, Robbie, and their two young children at their isolated country home in England. One by one, the children all start to become sick with some sort of unknown illness that makes them throw up stuff that looks just like Garmonbosia, which um, for those of you who don't watch Twin Peaks... Uh, Garmon Bosia is basically c- cream corn looking stuff that people vomit. We'll go with that for right now instead of trying to actually explain. <laughs> yeah, there's. we can talk about, we can do a whole episode just about Garmon Bosia, but we're not going to do that. But yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> if the, the makers of this movie were Twin Peaks fans and decided to make this vomit look like Garbambosia on purpose but anyways I uh, think you should do an episode where you just talk about Garbambosia that would oh, be an amazing will. episode there'll I'm, be like two people listening to that episode I don't think so oh. <laughs> anyway sorry back on track anyways the um the kids slowly become increasingly ill-behaved malevolent and violent there's lots of gore uh the kids are really cute and especially with their British accents I love kids with accents i think they're adorable and they all have like these huge you know big eyes and they just look really creepy and um they commit horrible murderous acts and it's a creepy and disturbing movie and i liked it and i would recommend it did you say spoiler alert at the beginning of this going on from this point (laughs) We will let you know if there are going to be spoilers. Otherwise, we're just going to be giving descriptions and whether we'd recommend it or not. 
So, Mindy, what's the first Christmas horror movie that you'd like to talk about? I would like to talk about Dead End, um, which is, Sharon, you had the date on here. 2003. Thank you. Um, And Ray Wise and Lynn Shea are in it. I think that's really all you need to know. And if you don't know who those actors are, look them up because they're big horror movie actors. But Ray Wise, of course, of Twin Peaks fame, of amongst many others. And Lynn Shay is like a queen of horror movies. She's been in tons of stuff. But Dead End is a family road trip movie. Um, a family on Christmas Eve is uh, heading out for a Christmas party. And uh, things turn a little weird when dad takes a shortcut, and that's in, in quotes, air quotes, um, on a side road that seems never ending, uh, quite literally, um, Christmas Eve night turns into a journey into hell as death follows the family close behind at every turn and they struggle to find a way off the road and end up at a dead end. <laughs> and that's not even really a spoiler. Again, that's kind of an IMDb-esque description because th- there's a lot more that happens that I didn't say, so calm down, everybody. I will say that there is a little twisty ending that I was a little pissed that I didn't see coming, but the movie overall was super creepy, more psychological in a sense, creepy, I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, And this is a a small spoiler alert, is I will say that Lynn Shay and Ray Wise specifically sing Christmas carols. So if that's not enough to get you to want to watch this, I really don't know how else I can sell this movie. But Sharon, you've seen this too. Yeah, I watched it last year um, during Christmas season, and then I rewatched it this year because I really liked it, and I love Ray Wise and Lynn Shay. Yeah. Also, if you don't know Lynn Shay from her horror movies, she is the um, gross landlady from Kingpin. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I saw. I forgot about that completely. And she's also. Um, Cameron Diaz's uh, friend in Something About Mary. So she's just fucking great. And I love this movie. And it's not like a completely original plot, but they kind of take like a new spin on this, you know, this theme that's been done before. And I just think it's, it's, there's some really funny scenes. Oh my God. And I love it. I know. And I didn't really want to talk about that too much because, but yeah, I was laughing and, and creeped out and, like I, I yeah I liked it I really liked it a lot all right so the next movie on my list is called whoever slew Auntie Rue <laughs> which is a more of a classic film um, it's from 1971 and it's a retelling of the old tale of Hansel and Gretel but set in 1920s England so I think this is um, straight from IMDb the description To the children and staff at the orphanage, Auntie Rue is a kindly American widow who gives them a lavish Christmas party each year in her mansion, Forest Grange. In reality, she's a severely disturbed woman who keeps the mummified remains of her daughter in a nursery in the attic. One Christmas, her eyes fall upon a little girl who reminds her of her daughter, and she imprisons her in her attic. Nobody believes her brother Christopher when he tells them what's happened to his sister, so he goes to rescue her. And that's kind of where the uh, the Hansel and Gretel story comes into play. Um, I wouldn't really say that this is a horror film, um, but it was on a list of movies for like Christmas horror movies that I found. And I've never seen it. And it stars Shelley Winters. Mm, um, I like Shelley Winters. Yeah. 
and she's really good in this movie and it's definitely creepy it's not scary at all it was just I don't know it was good it's actually a movie that you can watch with your family it would be appropriate to, well no I mean it's it's a movie you could watch with your children because it's not gory it's not violence it's not like uh black christmas or anything well i'm just laughing because there's a movie i'm gonna get to later that sharon was like do not watch this with your mom on thanksgiving <laughs> we'll get to it which one was that we'll get to it okay you have to remind me there's a lot of movies on this list that you probably should not watch with your mom <laughs> <laughs> well you know my mom she's seen black christmas that is true oh i think you're talking about um don't say it we'll get to it well, Wait I'm it. pretty much done talking about whoever slew Auntie Rue. I recommend it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think this one you can watch with your family because I know there's people who um, listen who have young kids and they also really like horror movies. That's a good point. So this is a movie that you could all enjoy. Okay. Well, I'm going to piggyback on that right quick. This isn't the next movie I'm going to talk about. But I'm just going to say as a friendly reminder that the movie Gremlins is a Christmas movie technically. And I saw that when I was like seven. So yeah, that would be another that good movie. might be something you could watch with your kids too. But since we already said the name of it, I'm just going to Sharon and I are going to piggyback on this one. We've talked about this a lot. This movie, it's hands down probably my favorite Christmas movie or horror movie in general, but let's get it over with. Black Christmas from 1974 with Olivia Hussey. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite. Um, the basic plot, you know, we all know what it is. So we basically, we're not going to go into the story details much, but Sharon and I pulled together some fun, um, fun facts about the movie from IMDb and such that we thought we'd go over. Yeah, and Be- this is where spoilers, if you have not seen this movie... This is where some of the spoilers will come into play. Yeah, pause the podcast right now, watch this movie, <laughs> and then play the podcast and listen to to the spoilers that we're about to tell you. So, anyway, do would you like to go first? Yeah, so the first little bit of trivia, and like Mindy said, all of this comes from IMDb. Uh, legend has it that this was Elvis Presley's favorite horror movie, and his tradition was to watch it every Christmas, which I think is fucking awesome if this is true. Further, that his family kept the tradition alive and watch it in his memory. If true, Elvis would have celebrated this tradition a maximum of only three times before his untimely death in August of 1977, less than three years after the film's initial release. Actually, to piggyback on that, um, I don't... Can we stop saying piggyback so much? (laughs) Yeah, I will. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm I'm big on that today. How about horsey back? Horsey Horsey back on that. Um, uh, actually, uh, this, I think was on IMDb or somewhere. I saw it. It's, uh, Olivia Hussey met Steve Martin and Steve Martin, Olivia Hussey being Jess, the lead of the film, um, who was also Juliet in Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, for those of you who don't know that, um, which you should also watch, but it's not scary. But, um, she met Steve Martin and he stopped her and said, oh my God, you are in my favorite movie of all time i've seen it like fifty thousand times and she thought he was talking about romeo and juliet and he was talking about black christmas which i think is rad <laughs> that's awesome my turn i got distracted oh. thinking about steve martin laughing yeah it's <laughs> uh, all right um, or if you want to go no 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 you can read the next bit of trivia hi this is really cool 
This is something Sharon pulled up. Reportedly, writer Roy Moore took inspiration for the story from an actual series of murders that took place in Montreal, Quebec, where I was just at. I had no idea. Um, that happened around Christmas season, along with the urban legend of the babysitter and the man upstairs. The murders from Canada were most likely based on uh, Canadian serial killer Wayne Bowden, who killed three women in Montreal between October 1969 and January 1970. His fourth victim was murdered in Calgary, Alberta, in May of 1971, and Bowden was known as the vampire rapist. So I actually do not know much about, actually, I don't know anything about the serial killer. Yeah, me neither. And we um, started doing research on an upcoming episode uh, for Daniel Gonzalez, who is the Nightmare on Elm Street killer. Maybe we should do a whole episode and combine serial killers who are either inspired by horror movies to kill and also maybe killers who have inspired horror movies so i maybe think that we, sounds fabulous yeah we should maybe combine these two into one episode hmm. inspiration as we're as we're <laughs> recording <laughs> we're geniuses we are what's the next piece of trivia Sharon? <laughs> all right so regarded among horror fans as the first film to come up with a popular convention of a killer calling from inside the house which I actually thought this was the first oh, movie to too. do that. Yep. Um, however, it was preceded a year earlier by The Severed Arm from 1973, which I have not seen. So mm. put it on the list, put it on the list, in which a radio announcer is repeatedly called by the killer who the operator soon discovers is inside the studio on another phone. And then by the movie, um, oh, by the TV movie, Mousy. No idea. No clue. Have not seen this. From 1974, which featured star Kirk Douglas terrorizing his ex-wife with calls that the police eventually traced to a room upstairs. Dialogue between the police inspector and uh, his wife is almost identical to the scene between Jess and Sergeant Nash in Black Christmas. Both likely set the precedent for this convention popularized by Black Christmas in 1974. And then I think probably even more famous than black christmas is when a stranger calls right which i think is from 78 yeah or it was 79 after but those those were the two movies that i knew of that were super yeah. popular with the call i did not heard mm -hmm. the other ones i'm kind of interested in the sev severed arm not so much mousy but uh <laughs> yeah i mean i'll i don't know we can see i'm we up find for any. watching pretty much anything so <laughs> Um, another piece of trivia, uh, there is a purpose for the eerie ringing telephone as the closing crawl appears. Uh, this indicates that the main heroine will die. Um, however, the heroine's death is left open to personal interpretation by each member of the audience. The ending of the film forces people to think independently. Warner Brothers initially insisted on a more conclusive ending, but Bob Clark was determined to keep it ambiguous. Uh, that decision has largely played into the film's current cult status and I don't know that we've said this already but uh, if that name Bob Clark at this time of year sounds very familiar it probably is because you have cable and you've seen a Christmas story five million freaking times <laughs> which he also directed which I just think is hilarious yeah. that he directed that movie and this one such different films um, I actually really like that he kept the ending of this movie kind of ambiguous which Me too. kind of um 
goes into our next little piece of trivia. Oh, that's handy. There were several attempts over the years to produce a sequel for the film Halloween. Uh, hold on. Those are two different sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to period, Sharon. <laughs> They're in a sentence for a reason. Um Let's try that again. There are several attempts over the years to produce a sequel for the film, period. Halloween from 1978 was originally conceived by John Carpenter as a sequel to Black Christmas because he was a really big fan of Black Christmas uh, before the project became a standalone film, um, as we all know it today with Michael Myers. After the failure of the remake, Bob Clark began work on a sequel before he tragically passed away in 2007. And all these attempts, Olivia Hussey and John Saxon were to reprise their roles as Jess and Lieutenant Fuller, respectively. Jess would have become the new house mother of the th- sorority in Clark's treatment for the film back in 2007. So, as Mindy said earlier, the um, ambiguous ending of the film indicates that the main heroine died since no sequel ever took place I guess you can still interpret it however you wanted even though I guess Bob Clark intended her not to die I kind of always well that was my interpretation I guess that she wouldn't die I also the ending well yeah spoiler alert the ending makes me crazy a little bit because I love how like everyone's so worried about her and then they just like leave her (laughs) I know (laughs) um but um, like six people were just murdered in this house just take a nap here we're all gonna go now (laughs) yeah they're like you wait with her the one guy's like i will until her parents get here and then they all just leave (laughs) um but i don't i don't know if we've said this either but i do know um if you watch uh halloween obviously halloween's known for that opening scene where like where that you were you're they're shooting from the killer's point of view Mm -hmm. and they do that pretty much Throughout all of Black Christmas, mm-hmm. which this next point of trivia, Sharon, you pulled up. I don't think I knew ever noticed this, and I'm going to have to re- rewatch it now. But I guess if looking closely during a few scenes in the sorority house in Black Christmas, especially specifically in the dark with the girls, you can spot occasionally spot the sh- a shadow in the background revealing Billy stalking them, Billy the killer. And there wasn't really a Billy. It was mostly the cameraman. Yeah. Which is really funny, I thought, too, that they didn't really have an actor as the killer. Like, we'll get to the voices and stuff later, but I just like that it horseybacks with... (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop using that. But with Halloween, in terms of, like, the point of view of the killer, that, for me, is, like, one of the creepiest parts of this movie. Yeah, I think I read... um, There was, like, God, like, 50 or more pieces of trivia on IMDb. Yeah, for real. I wasn't going to read them all, but I think that was something that I read, that this was one of the first movies, or at least one of, like, the first horror slasher movies to use that POV for the killer instead of actually showing him stalking around. Um, But, yeah, I never noticed the dark shadows either, and I'm going to watch this on Christmas Day, so I'm going to have to look for that. This is usually like a Christmas Eve, Christmas Day watch for Mm -hmm. me or something. For sure. So just, you know, (laughs) I guess (laughs) I hate using the word piggyback again. Horseyback. Horseyback, piggyback, whatever. Uh, Just to like kind of add to what you were saying about the actual actor of Billy in order to get, because the the cameraman basically played Billy, but (laughs) the voice was someone else in order to get the proper creepy and raspy voice for Billy, actor Nick Mancuso had to stand on his head to compress the thorax in his neck, which is 
like insane like i don't even know how they came up with that idea and the as an actor i'd be like wait what like well they also used a few different act because the the voices were added in post Mm -hmm. um it was (laughs) in the movie when they were filming it was bob clark like reading these lines to them off screen which just sounds hilarious to me because they look terrified and i just imagine bob clark being like you stupid girl, lol, like, you know. You're fucking cunt. They say <laughs> cunt a lot in that movie. Which I think I did read. This was, like, one of the more mainstream, first, like, mainstream movies to, like, use that word a lot. So, yeah. uh, way to go, Bob Clark. That is also <laughs> awesome about Bob Clark. I'm going to think about that now whenever they say, you shoot, you'll shoot your eye out when I'm watching a Christmas story. I'll be like, you'll shoot your eye out. You little cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moving on, but not really. <laughs> um, so this was something that I know I've talked about specifically before, but uh, through some critical evaluations of the film, interpreted the subplot with Peter and Jess, Peter being uh, Jess's boyfriend, played by Keir Duella, a.k.a. Dave from 2001. It's a fem- feminist statement that d- defended a woman's choice to have an abortion. Bob Clark and Olivia Hussey have d- dismissed such evaluations and claimed <laughs> that that subplot was politically neutral and not meant to provide any pro-life or pro-choice message. It was simply meant to give the characters something to do and talk about in the film between the murders and the investigations, which I find to be hilarious. That's but bullshit. It's total bullshit because that's even if it is bullshit or if it's not actually it doesn't matter because it's still a movie made in the 70s where a woman is actively talking about. I am pregnant and I don't want this baby because I have other plans. Yeah. So regardless, I love you, Olivia Hussey. I know you're still alive, probably not listening to our podcast, but if somehow <laughs> you are, regardless, you guys made a statement and that's part of why I love this movie so much. Yeah, I agree. And you could literally t- choose any topic to just talk about in between scenes. This seems so specific. And at that, yeah, exactly. At that in time. In 1974, that's not a topic that most people were having in TV or film. So saying that it was just like, meh, it was not a feminist it was statement. It was just filler. <laughs> They have a beautiful conversation. She has a beautiful speech, too, where she's like, remember when we first met and you had all these things you wanted to do and I had all these things I want to do. I still want to do those things. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that. But (laughs) it just adds to the beauty of of the movie. And lastly. Oh, oh. I was was just going to say, and I think you have one more piece of trivia and then we are going to move on from Black Christmas. Probably forever from the look on Sharon's <laughs> face because I love this movie. I talk about it a lot. We mentioned earlier Olivia Hussey. She's the original Juliet, in my opinion. I love her to death. Um, and for those of you who have seen that original Re- Romeo and Juliet film, um, if you notice, spoiler alert, at the, bo- at the end of the movie when uh, Peter is chasing Jess and he tracks her down in the basement and she smacks him and the police find them both. They are positioned in like a Pieta type, I guess, positioning, but it is actually the positioning of Romeo and Juliet, Leonard Whiting and Olivia Hussey in the Franco Zeffirelli version. And they did that on purpose as a joke. Hmm. Yeah, they thought it was funny. Anyway, let's get back to Christmas. Anyway, yes, watch Black Christmas, 1974. Skip the sequels or the the remakes. Sharon, let's talk about something other than Black Christmas. Let's. Let's. (laughs) All right. So now the rest of these are going to be kind of kind of quick um, because a lot of these movies suck. So. (laughs) 
So uh, I watched Sleigh Bells. It's from 2018. On Christmas Eve, three cosplaying women who host a YouTube show or like a YouTube type show. Um, they break into an abandoned amusement park where Santa Claus secretly lives, played by Barry Bostwick, who most of us know as Brad from Rocky Horror. Um, the girls must team up with Santa Claus himself to battle Krampus and save the world. It's actually not as horrible as I thought it would be. It's pretty ridiculous. It does not take itself seriously, and it's kind of fun. It's not scary. Um, I probably would not recommend it, but I also did not hate it. I'm going to really quickly get this out of the way. I watched this movie, I Trapped the Devil. Um, I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime, for those of you looking to stream. It's fairly recent. I kind of am still not really sure what happened in it, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> basically, the p- basic plot is that uh, there's uh, this man and woman, husband and wife, show up at the brother's house at Christmas time. Surprise! Happy holidays! And he's like, great, you can't stay, get out. And he claims he has trapped the devil himself in his basement. And it's one of those movies that you don't, if you don't like a movie that doesn't have a clear cut ending, you won't like this. The Mm -hmm. color palette's pretty cool. I will say it's kind of trippy, but it's very psychological. Is he crazy? Is he not? There is something in the basement. Is it a person? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a killer. Maybe it, is he good? Is he bad? It's one of those movies and you don't really get an answer but it's set during Christmas and that's really the only thing that makes it Christmassy there's really nothing about like Santa or no baby Jesus or anything like that <laughs> it's I thought it was interesting I actually want to watch it again because I think it's one of those movies that I at the end I was like wait what just happened and so I think I need to watch it again but I just for those of you out there I know certain people don't like it when things are really super vague and if you're one of those people I don't know that I'd recommend this for you Mm -hmm. but it was interesting and I'd give it a go it wasn't super long either so so the next movie I'm going to be talking about has multiple names it's originally so I guess it's original Italian name which I'm just going to try and pronounce it I don't speak Italian so I'm probably going to mispronounce it (coughs) that's not how it's pronounced (laughs) Anyways, that's um, the German name for it. That's yeah. <laughs> it is L'Ultimo Treno della Notte, aka Last Stop on the Night Train or Night Train Murders, which I think Night Train Murders is the name that I used to find it. And I think we watched this one on YouTube and it was not a very good copy of it but whatever it's from 1975 it's about a pair of psychotic hoodlums and an equally demented nymphomaniac woman who terrorized two young girls on a train trip from germany to italy uh so basically this is last house on the left on a train okay, okay. and i i mean i liked it i you know it's very disturbing um but movies like that don't really I mean they bother me I would I'd be lying if I say they don't bother me but not to the point where I can't watch them they're very very disturbing um, but also a part of me likes to see it because it's so real and mm-hmm. I just think you know watching stuff like that just makes me more aware of my surroundings and be on like high alert for demented nymphomaniacs and psychotic (laughs) (laughs) right but yeah so 
the oh why is this a christmas movie (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a good point (laughs) is that what you're all wondering um (laughs) well it takes place on christmas eve (laughs) (laughs) i love it oh my god that's so funny or christmas day i i don't remember it takes place on christmas it's around the holiday season no rest for nymphos (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i yeah i actually really like the ending of this movie as well um but if if rape movies bother you and you're not a fan of i spit on your grave or last house and left do not watch this that stuff doesn't bother you then check it out awesome all right if you listen to this podcast before, which hopefully that's why you're here, you'll recognize this title. I finally watched All Through the House, <laughs> which is our Maya and Sharon's now go-to answer for any trivia question ever, All Through the House. Th- that we don't know the answer to. Yes. So, so if you want to know what this reference is about, go back and listen to our horror movie trivia episode or our We'll listen to that one first, and then we also reference All Through the House again in our Serial Killer trivia episode. But, but yeah, it was originally the the horror movie trivia. You're right. It's a running joke. It's a running joke. It's but I finally hilarious. watched it. <laughs> well, and the movie's kind of hilarious. Oh, the movie's great. This is the basics. Uh, and like honestly, I really feel like th- there's no way to fully describe this movie. But uh, the basics is Santa be slaying. Uh, this is, if you're looking for a gore fest, this is one, especially if you're looking for a penis gore fest, (laughs) there is a lot of chopping. There's that just heads up. Uh, Rachel is home for the holidays and, uh, she's staying with her. I just called her badass grandma the whole time. Uh, she has a name in the movie, but I just referred to her as badass grandma because I loved her. Um, I aspire to be her when I'm that age. For real. She just like drinks and swears and she's awesome <laughs> she's awesome yeah i loved her she don't give a fuck no not at all um and so rachel uh it's i don't even i think it's christmas eve right i don't even remember yeah i think it's christmas eve rachel decides to go out shopping and have some holiday fun with some of her friends and before she does so she visits the town weirdo mrs garrett whose entire house Looks like an overdone set piece from Twin Peaks, specifically One-Eyed Jacks, which, again, I know another Twin Peaks reference, but whatever, deal with it. Um, at one point, actually, Rachel wears a costume that looks like a One-Eyed Jacks version of the double R uniform, which I was mm. kind of losing my mind. I thought it was awesome. But without giving too much away, which I kind of already did, there are some really inventive, gory-ass killings, tons of campy, cheesy, blood, bloody fun is had, and a little family dysfunction gets sorted out. Because what would the holidays be without family shit? Oh, and dick snipping. <laughs> um, all jokes aside, this movie is off the chain, but I I did really enjoy it. It's it's very gory, but I think it's the fun gore variety. Like I laughed through a lot of it, and I actually was, brought my notebook with because I had like real time like reactions that I was writing down as I was watching it and then I couldn't even read half of my writing because I was laughing as I was writing so it was just scribbles like I think one of them said haha crazy bitch hit you with a cookie tin there you go but (laughs) I honestly say if you're 
if you're of the gore variety fan, like watch that. You have to add this to your Christmas list to watch. You have to. It's, I agree. It's great all through the house. Do it. Bad acting aside, yeah, but I. But that actually, even makes it better. I feel like. Well, the thing I like most about it is just the fact that every Christmas horror movie, well, I should say like ninety percent of all Christmas horror movies involve a killer Santa Claus, and. The motive behind this killer Santa Claus is like nothing that any other Christmas horror movie has ever done before. It's super original. It's super creative. And my favorite put down is go suck a bag of dicks. And there's literally a bag of dicks in this movie. So I mean, I recommend it just because of the bag of dicks. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, the motive gets revealed. I literally was like, are you fucking kidding? Like (laughs) it was. Yeah. Watch it. All right. So watch it or eat a bag of dicks. (laughs) All right. So moving on. (laughs) uh, I actually had to keep looking at the synopsis of this movie because I was like, what is this movie about again? Because it's so forgettable. Um, It's called Holiday Hell. It's from 2019. It is a super low budget movie about a woman looking for a last minute gift for her sister and goes to an oddity store on Christmas Eve owned by a mysterious shopkeeper. He narrates four stories that revolve around items in a store like a creepy mask and a killer doll. The first story is the worst of the four. The like the acting, the violence, the plot of it, the dialogue and the cinematography all look like it was written by um, high school kids who were just like bored one night and had nothing to do. And they were like, let's just shoot a movie in our parents' house. The only story that I kind of liked was one that had Joel Murray in it, who's Bill Murray's younger brother. And this is only because of the fact that the storyline wasn't horrible and the actors in it could actually act. Uh, (laughs) But... Jeffrey Combs plays the shopkeeper and he's probably best known for portraying Herbert West in the film Reanimator. The film actually had some potential, but it falls way short with the bad storylines and even worse acting. So do not recommend this one. Mindy? Um, I found this movie, I was actually looking for uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, but I found Silent Night, Bloody Night from 1972. The way they would film in those days, um, it's one of those older-ass horror movies that has that airbrushed look of the 70s, early 80s. And, like, throughout the entire movie, I was like, are my glasses smudged? Like, it was literally hard to, like, see what was happening. Um, But I sat through it. Uh, The storyline, here's what IMDb has to say about it. Wilford Butler returns home on Christmas Eve and his house has been turned into a mental institution for the criminally insane. But the day of his return, he is set on fire and dies. (laughs) Sorry to laugh about that, but it's true. The townspeople believe his death was an accident and the institution house is later closed down. Wilford leaves the house to his grandson, Jeffrey. A few years later... Uh, Jeffrey finally decides to sell his grandfather's house, but the townspeople, including the mayor, have mixed feelings on keeping people away from the house, especially when a serial killer escapes from another institution and finds refuge there. The killer makes frightening phone calls and kills anyone coming near the house, but what does the killer have in common with what happened to Wilford Butler years before? Hmm... This was just, like, a big what the fuck. Like, honestly, the way, like, that does sum up basically what happened. But, like, throughout the whole movie, I just kept going, wait, what the fuck is happening? Because it just kind of made no sense. But, 
was kind of fun. So if you like that like 70s vibe, smudgy, airbrushed look, maybe check it out. Uh, if you want to go to bed scared, maybe not because it wasn't, I didn't think it was very scary. But it was kind of weird and interesting, you know, but I, I still want to see Silent Night, Deadly Night. I'm a little sad. Hmm. Silent Night. I know I watched like all the Silent Night, Bloody Night, Silent Night, whatever. Yeah. Last year. And yeah, they all kind of blur into my mind. Especially um, because we watched like multiple within like a week of like yeah. sequels yeah, there's and like, similar yeah. names. True story. All right. So the next movie I'm going to talk about, I highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. And it's the best movie that I've never fucking heard of before. I don't know how I missed this, but it's Anna and the Apocalypse. It is basically Shaun of the Dead meets High School Musical. It is a zombie apocalypse musical that takes place in Scotland. Whoa. It doesn't take itself seriously. The music's really catchy and it's good. Like the songs are like they were stuck in my head the rest of the day. Uh, it's funny. It's gory. It also has heart. I just thought it was such a fun movie and it was just over the top ridiculous. And none of the actors in it are anyone that I've ever heard of before. They're all kind of unknowns. But their singing, acting were great. I mean, their voices were amazing. Um, they're all super talented. I don't want to say much more about it, but just fucking watch it. Even if you don't like musicals, because it it literally just, it it makes fun of itself, kind of. It does not, it kind of makes fun of the whole, like, musical uh, genre. And it's just, it does it in such a, just a unique awesome. way, setting it into a zombie apocalypse during Christmas time. I want to see this now. Oh, do you need to watch this tonight? <laughs> There's part of me that wishes I didn't know that it was a zombie slash musical movie. Um, so I, I would have enjoyed it even more if I hadn't known that. It would have been even more incredible. But it's still pretty mind-blowing and fun and ridiculous and great. Awesome. Yeah, I basically went to Spencer and was like, do you want to watch a, a Christmas zombie apocalypse musical that takes place in Scotland? And he just looked at me like I was nuts. In my mind, I'm like, this is going to be a terrible, low-budget movie. <laughs> so I had really low expectations, but it was worth it. Or you were like, wait, did you? when did He's you like, get... He's like, yeah, I do. Or you were like, when did you get high? <laughs> wow. I was, I was into it. I was into it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to... I saved my favorites, aside from Black Christmas, for last. I watched Christmas Evil, which I know that Sharon has seen as well. Um, which I've also named, a.k.a. I Saw Mama Fucking Santa Claus, <laughs> like the song. Literally um, like the song. <laughs> like the, yeah, okay, fine. That's not, you know, to the song. That should be a song. We should write that song. Let's rewrite it. Rewrite the Let's original. Let's do it. Change it from kissing to fucking. We're going to sing it in next episode. <laughs> John Waters has said that this is his favorite Thanksgiving slash Christmas horror movie. And aside from Black Christmas, I have to agree with him. I fucking loved this movie, and Sharon has been telling me to watch this for, like, over a year, so I'm sure she's probably just very happy and self-satisfied right now that I finally watched it and loved it. Um, I really don't want to say too much about this because I didn't really go in knowing a whole lot, and I felt much like you were talking about with the musical, like, that that was better, but basically... Um, Harry learns as a young boy in a rather awkward fashion um, that Santa isn't real, or at least the Santa that came to their house that year, which was his dad dressed up. 
who uh, probably should have taken off his Santa suit before going down on his mom. Because basically that's how it starts off. That's not really a spoiler. It's called role play. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Get over it, kid. So thus, Harry begins a lifelong transition to become a real Santa, judging not just children, but society, morality, and living in the most detailed Christmas home ever. And like, seriously... I was going to say props to the set dressers and prop masters, but that's sort of a lot of props. But well done, because, yes, some people get chopped up along the way <laughs> in this movie, but not for the reasons you might think. It's weird. It's a little campy. It's super fun. It's actually really engrossing. I actually felt for Harry and his motivations. I was, like, into it. Like, I was behind him. I, I empathized with him, but... For me, there's so much detail. Like when I say that he lives in a Christmas like apartment, there are so many tiny little details that you just see. Like there's a moment where he's like shaving his beard and the camera angle changes. And I, I don't want to say what so you'll because you'll see it. And it's nothing like crazy or whatever, but it's just another little Christmas detail in his bathroom. I, it, every little bit of it was so great. But his reasoning is really more about wanting to like – be good and bring good into the world and I killing and fuck those people that suck and are mean and rude and yeah he slays a few people in front of a church at one point but they deserved it they had it coming <laughs> and so why I, I thought it was effective is that I empathize with him and that's what makes the ending of the movie rad as shit mm. because and I won't say what happens at the end but I will just say that I read that the director said that the ending shot was intended to actually be what it is. So if that strikes your fancy or you're curious, I, 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 or if it doesn't, just shut up and watch this movie. It's so good. Christmas Evil, great campy gore, an actual good movie you can get into. Do it. Love it. Join me and John Waters on the Christmas Evil train. All right. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Mindy and I actually have to rewatch it because I don't remember all those little details that you mentioned. I will watch it with you. I want to watch it like no, you times. talk too much, bitch. All right. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> next, I'll be like, look at that, look at that. You'll be like, shut. Up. I'm gonna put. Ta- I'll watch it with you if I can put tape over your mouth, and I'll be like, <laughs> and I was pointing, which no one can see on a podcast. So the next movie I'm going to talk about, I also fucking loved and just discovered this fucking amazing movie. And it also has a variety of names. It is called um, Game Over, which is how I found it. And I'm really pissed because I had to watch it on YouTube and it was like a shitty VHS dubbing of this movie. And I realized that maybe like two days after I watched it, it was available on Shudder, all remastered under the title Deadly Games. So I'm definitely going to rewatch this on Christmas um, because I want to see it in good quality. I loved it, even though it was a very shitty quality um, version of the film that I watched. But it is also known as, I don't know if you're supposed to say 3615 code Paranoel or 36.15 code Paranoel. But it's loosely, it's a French film. It's a French um, Christmas horror movie. And it's loosely translated to mean dial 
code Santa Claus. Oh, it's cool. dubbed as the original Home Alone. And the director, Renee Manzur, once threatened the makers of Home Alone with legal action on the grounds of plagiarism, alleging that they had, quote, remade my movie. All right. So I'm basically going to give the description of the film here. I'm not going to give away any spoilers because I want everyone to go out and watch this movie. Uh, It's about a very intelligent and resourceful little boy named Thomas or probably Tomas. Uh, in French, who is left alone with his beloved grandfather on Christmas Eve. And they live in this huge mansion along with Tomas's mom. His mom fires a Santa that she hired to work at one of her department stores that she owns because these people are rich. And the psychotic Santa decides to break into the mansion and hunt down Tomas and his grandpa. Tomas uses booby traps and 90s technology to do whatever he can to save himself and his granddad. And the technology in the film is actually really dated, but it's a great throwback. And I'm sure um, at the time it was really impressive. And anyone that grew up in the 90s would probably really appreciate it. The movie is basically just kind of fucking nuts from the (laughs) get-go the little boy is kind of like a little mini rambo and he's actually a really really good actor and he has a badass mullet (laughs) the set production is also like really well done and completely over the top it's beautifully shot it's fun there's good action there's some tension it's creative it's weird and there's also some rad industrial synth sounding music for most of the soundtrack of the film Just, I highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. So just fucking watch it. Nice. I had never heard of that or that there was a possible movie that Home Alone was, was ripping off. Yeah. You know, I will, the French, they do some good. They know what they're doing. They do. Yeah. Um, All right. This is my last movie that I watched. And again, it was one that Sharon recommended. And it turns out that I actually had watched this before, but had fallen asleep because I might, may or may not have had too many glasses of wine. Um, so when I went to re-rent it from and Amazon, they were... <laughs> <laughs> and when they... Which is sort of recommended for watching this movie. But Amazon, when I went to rent it, they were like, continue playing. And I was like, wait, what? I haven't seen this. Um, if you have not seen Ugly Sweater Party, you should, again, pause this podcast and go watch it. Um, the, the poster for the movie says, Campy bloody, sweatery, I can't even. The basic plot is that these two dudes get a text message from two quote-unquote hot girls saying to meet them in the woods for an ugly sweater party for, for Christmas. And that's kind of really all I can say in terms of the plot because I feel like giving anything away, I went into this for better or for worse cold and it's bad so bad it's good so good it's bad the one thing i would recommend is keeping the um captions on when you watch it because the dialogue is equally hysterical and there are some gems that you do not want to miss um say your prayers buckle up because oh 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 it's an eyesore safari oh oh ugly sweater party it has its own theme song it has its own music. It has its own soundtrack. It's funny. It's weird. It's gross. It's super indie. There's lots of metal, as in like heavy metal. And Jesus. <laughs> no, this is a hoot. This movie's probably not for everyone, I would assume. 
if you like drugs, take some and watch this movie. <laughs> or I was actually fairly sober when I watched it. And I still was like, I can't stop watching this movie. <laughs> but it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier as it goes. And um, I, I I recommend it. It's a cult. I guess it does have a huge cult following with good reason. Yeah. And like I said, it has a theme song that's going to stick in your head. So buckle up and have fun. I enjoyed it. It was crazy. Yeah. When we watched it, I was completely, I was fully expecting it to be just one of those terrible indie movies. Yep. Uh, and I, I very much enjoyed it. It does not take itself seriously. Oh, my God. Not at all. No. But honestly, it it's, yeah, just do it. All right. So the next movie I'm going to be talking about, um, I have two more good movies. And then I'm just going to give you um, a few really shitty movies that I watched so that you can avoid those like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> the next movie is Body from 2015. And it is uh, about three friends celebrating Christmas over the holidays. Holly, Callie, and Mel. Um, they're at Mel's house the night before Christmas Eve. And um, their friend Callie is bored and convinces her friends to go out and have a little fun with her at her uncle's huge-ass mansion that's just kind of like out in the country. And even though the other two girls are stone tired and feel like they just want to go to bed... They decide to go with her. So she takes her friends to this empty mansion. She tells her friends that her family is out of town for the holidays. So they basically drink and dance and have fun and run around the place like it's their own. But when Callie's friends find out the truth about the mansion and a surprise guest shows up, Uh a fun night turns into a living nightmare. I really liked this movie. It's more of a psychological thriller uh, than a horror movie. Um, it's I actually didn't even read the synopsis before I watched it, so I went into it blind, and it's not what I thought it would be at all. The acting from the three main actresses was really solid. I thought they all did a really, really good job. The dialogue was believable. I actually, it kind of reminded me of like, it, you know, hanging out with my friends, like the kind of bullshit that we say. And um, yeah, it basically ask the question of what would the average person do if all of a sudden they found themselves in this intense life altering situation. I think I have seen this. I had just forgotten about it, but I want to watch it again now. Okay. Because well, no spoilers because yeah, yeah. no, I'm not going to say anything. I think most people need to go into this blind. And then the last movie, which um, I actually had saved in my Amazon uh, watch list for a while, but never watched it because I think I just watched so many bad santa movies last year that i was like i can't endure another santa horror movie um but a couple people on instagram recommended it and it's santa's sleigh from 2005 uh i really liked it it was a lot of fun there's a lot of great kills lots of cameo performances from james Caan and fran drescher chris Catan. it's kind of a weird cast um and santa claus is played by wwe wrestler bill goldberg <laughs> And he plays uh, the double son who lost a wager with an angel and was forced to spend a thousand years playing a good Santa, giving toys to children. But now that the bet is over, Santa's pissed and wants revenge. So he just starts killing everyone. Doesn't matter if they're naughty or nice. And that's all I'm really going to say about that. But that's also kind of um, has its own cult following. Cool. And then these are the movies that I'm going to say just fucking skip. I would like you to um, evaluate them 
let's call back to all through the house. How many dicks would you give? How many chopped <laughs> dicks would you give each of these bad movies? Does it, is more dicks makes it worse? Better, or? better. Okay. Like on a scale of one to five. Obviously, dicks. the more dicks, the better. Um, <laughs> in general, in general, that's the rule I live that's by. That's the dick system. That's <laughs> what my mom always said. The more dicks, the better. Um. <laughs> Actually, no, my grandma said that. <laughs> um, so don't open till Christmas. Oh, this was also a bad YouTube version that I think someone just like took like an old VHS copy of this movie and stuck it up on YouTube and it just looks like fucking shit. Uh, it's a <laughs> Christmas slasher movie. Uh, killers running around the streets of London, killing men dressed as Santa. It's your typical 80s slasher flick, and honestly, I don't even remember how it ends, so it didn't really stand out in my mind. Um, so did you say like half a dick? Um, well, you know what? I actually did write, I didn't hate it, so maybe <laughs> maybe it gets one full dick. <laughs> um, elves. But it, one, one limp dick. One <laughs> well, they're all limp because they've been chopped off. <laughs> True. Good point. Good point. Good point. So elves, and this is the 2019, 18, I don't know. It's a recent movie. I, uh, shout out to at Screams and Suds on Instagram, who, when I posted that I watched elves, they were like, oh, I love this movie. It, like, you know, it reminds me of the movie Troll, and it's uh, like a Christmas favorite or whatever. I was like, what? Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> This movie is so, so, so bad. Then I realized that there's another movie called Uh Elves. um, And he was actually talking about that movie that takes place in 1989. But this Uh is Elves from 2018 or 2019. Um, I just wrote bad, bad, bad. (laughs) The story sucks. The acting's even worse. It was boring as fuck. No tension. It was horribly shot. The sets were horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like we have to check out the earlier version. Yeah, well, because I was hoping that the film would be a good bad, like Ginger Dead Man or Jack Frost, but this was just like bad, bad. Apparently, the other one, I think, is more along those lines. So I will watch the 1989 version. So I actually thought I had three more horrible <laughs> movies, but it was, apparently it was just those two. Um, so yeah. Those are the movies we recommend and the movies that you should stay the fuck away from. So with that being said, did you want to add something, Spencer? Yeah, I just had a few footnotey things to say. Uh, so for Don't Open Till Christmas, I'm looking at the photos on IMDb and one of them is like looks like the VHS cover and it says, Warning, contains explicit scenes of terror from the makers of Friday the 13th. I couldn't figure out who was connected to friday the 13th i looked at the directors and the writers and the producers and i took i did a quick pass i'll look again but i didn't see i don't know who the hell was connected to friday the 13th um Uh so that was one thing um kirk douglas by the way when he made that movie that you mentioned a while ago mousy Mousy, he was almost 60 years old in the 70s -hmm. and the day that this episode is airing is his 103rd birthday. Shut your and face. he is still alive. Wow. Kirk Douglas, way to keep kicking. Well, happy birthday, Kirk Douglas. <laughs> we hope you don't die before then. <laughs> two, two days from now. 
All right. Well, that wraps up our Christmas horror movie episode. Um, If you have your own recommendations of Christmas horror movies, please send those to us so that we can watch them. If you disagree with our our comments about some of these movies we don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) or you want to defend like some of these movies we didn't like if you want to defend elves from 2018 or you want to defend sleigh bells bring it (laughs) (laughs) i want a 1000 word dissertation why those movies are good (laughs) did you talk about sleigh bells yes yeah yeah which one was that it's the one with the three chicks running around with barry bostwick Oh. Which that when you said that my jaw fell on the floor. Yeah. See, it was that memorable. <laughs> well, just Barry Boswick and I went, What? In my head. Anyway, that was yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so please write us your Christmas horror movie suggestions or movies that we should also stay away from. And if you have any uh horror stories, scary stories, creepy stories, please send those to us. So we can uh, read them on our show. And And if they're Christmas related too, that would be cool. Yeah. If you have any Christmas horror stories, please send us those. um, But send them soon because this month is almost over. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is about it. Um, So as always, thanks thanks for for getting getting creepy with us. us.